Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Did the refs earn a spot in the Super Bowl? Tony Romo sure did. The guys break down the games and relive their worst sports moments of all time. All that and more this week on Just Press Play. Pregnant ladies and little kids better get the hell out of the way because I am running. I'm just, I'm like Forrest Gump, dude. I am running. So, the Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. I want your hits to use ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman. You like apples? Here we are with another edition of the Just Press Play Pod. I'm joined, as always, by LJ Pops and Uncle Tony's with us again after a big weekend. What's up, guys? All right, all right, all right. It's all good. What's happening? All right. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys noticed. You might, you may or may not have caught it, but there was a little bit of a, a controversial weekend this weekend in the NFL. Some games <laughs> happened. I don't know if oh, y'all really? are watching. Yeah. What? We all. No. <laughs> We now know. John, I was at a Little Rascals uh, marathon. <laughs> yeah, that was that. I missed, I missed this weekend Man. of games. Sorry. You'll have to catch me up. That eclipse, you know. I just yeah. watched the eclipse all night. That's it, yeah. It was, it was a, a hell of a Sunday. Two good uh, two good games. I mean, it depends on which side of the uh, you were rooting for, I guess. But uh, we now know who is set up in Super Bowl 53, so get ready. The prop bets are about to come out. Everything's going to come out. We're going to bet on Patriots, Rams. But – I want to let everyone know real quick before we get into it, if you want to make some bets on some of those prop bets, the over-under for the National Anthem or what color the Gatorade is going to be <laughs> on Bill Belichick when he wins another freaking Super Bowl, you can head over to my bookie and put in the promo code JPP and you'll actually get a 50% deposit bonus on your first deposit as long as you put in that promo code. And uh, that, that'll that let you put all the money. I mean, you can literally put a bet on just about anything in the Super Bowl. Guys, I don't know if you remember Uncle Tony. You probably don't. But uh, last year, I put a lot of bets on the Super Bowl, and uh, I lost every <laughs> single one of them, including <laughs> including the in-game bet I made with my buddy Lane for $100 in the fourth quarter, where I was like, Tom Brady is not losing Nick Foles. Here's $100, slapped it down on the table, and uh, <laughs> I, ate ramen, I ate ramen noodles <laughs> the, the rest of that week. So, anyway... <laughs> Just make sure and yet, you're here. You betting. are still betting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to be betting on my bookie, just like anybody who listens to this podcast. Just put in that promo code JPP. You can't but teach speed, and you can't fix stupid. That is a <laughs> fact. All right, let's go ahead and jump right into it, and we'll just start. Let's just start off with the game that went first in the, in uh, on Sunday, and that would be the Saints Rams games. I know. It's going to be a lot about that pass interference call or no, no call, and I'm, we'll get all into it. But I just wanted to – I'll start off with you, LJ. Just give me some thoughts on the game. What you think about that Saints-Rams game? Uh, um, it, went, it didn't go the way I wanted it to, uh, uh, so that's not good. Uh, 
Also, there I mean there was a there was that controversial call that you talked about, but I'm sure somebody else will be more informed than me. It just it looked really bad and there's got to be some reason that they call that. Um, but you know, it just sucks to see a game end on a call like that to me. Uh, I mean not end, but you know, be decided essentially by a call like that. That doesn't feel very Super Bowl worthy. So, well, and that's that was if you look back Sean Payton, you can see his mouth warding to the ref. He said that's a Super Bowl call. That's a Super Bowl on the line. I mean, that to lose on that, I mean, he's right. That play call is deciding who is going to get to participate in the biggest game, maybe in all of sports for this year. I, I'm with you. But, um, but, Pops, what did you think about that game? I mean, it was the the young young Sean McVay going up against the old, old Wiley vet and, and uh, Sean Payton. What did you, you think about the Battle of the Shans? You know, I really thought that, uh, you know, this, the way the game started out, that first quarter, New Orleans just ate them up. I mean, they were – I don't – L.A. had 20 yards or maybe minus two yards. It was ridiculous. They had nothing in the first quarter. And something that really stuck out to me, I remember it was a fourth and two with 140 left in the first quarter. New Orleans had the ball, fourth and two. Drew Brees has less than five seconds on the play clock, and he gets them offsides. He gets them to yeah. jump offside. You know, any regular quarterback with five seconds, they're – oh, and I even thought about thought, well, he hadn't got time now to – uh you know, make him jump offsides, but he did keep his stuff together and, and got him to jump and got the first down. And I just thought Breeze was in control. I really thought New Orleans was in control of the game and that the noise, the noise factor wow. almost seemed the unfair. The Superdome was rocking. I mean, they couldn't it, hear a thing. It almost seemed unfair, the advantage that that gave uh, New Orleans. Because you could hear Breeze calling out every play. You know, well, you could absolutely about, hear him calling it, It's every interesting. Play. I've heard people bring this up. It was earlier in the year, but – and I think y- y'all two may have been to a game in the Superdome. I'm not sure. But that crowd, it is one of the loudest crowds, I think, I've from watching on TV. It seemed like one of the loudest crowds I've ever seen. But also, it's they're smart fans. Like, when the Saints are out there, it's not that loud. Like, when Drew Brees is, you can no. hear, like Dad said, you can hear every call Drew Brees <laughs> makes. But when Jared Goff's out there, I've never seen a quarterback run all the way to the sideline to tell his receiver what route he wanted. <laughs> I've never seen that before in my football never life. Never seen that. I mean, it was yeah. rocking. To, to your point, though, uh, about that first quarter, one of the things I kind of wrote down, the first quarter, the Rams looked like they had no idea. I mean, they weren't moving the ball on them. Todd Gurley, I, and we'll get into this maybe a little bit, he looked totally out. He got benched. I do want to I think He had that one play where he dropped it, went through his hands, and the, the Saints got an interception. But what I did write down is we talk about that penalty, and it did cost him a chance to the Super Bowl. I you guys probably know this. Jimmy Johnson has an old saying where it's don't let the refs have the opportunity to lose the game for you. And right. that right. one of those, I thought about that at the, that first quarter. The Saints ended the first quarter only up 13 to zero when they easily could have been up 21 to zero. They got in the red zone twice and had to go to field goals. And then, like you said, even one of those drives, they got them to jump off sides on a fourth down. I mean, they everything was going the Saints' way. The crowd was rolling. And I just think it. As a as a cowboy and Razorback fan, I know this well. You got to put them down when you got them on the ropes. You got to mm-hmm. you got to mm-hmm. knock them over. Yeah. And they just let the they let the Rams hang around just long enough. And Sean McVay is no dummy. He's going to figure it out eventually. And 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 then I uh, uh, Gurley, I just didn't understand at all. What do you think about that that oh, that quick start? Uh, Tony, and then how the Rams were kind of able to get back into it. Yeah, you know, I thought this was one of the most interesting games I've watched in a long, long time. And a, a couple of things talking about that uh, 
the sound problem in the first quarter. Yeah, I, Jared Goff looked like a deer in the headlights and, or maybe a possum in the headlights would be a better <laughs> analogy because he was just frozen. And I don't think they realized what they were getting into. But we talked a few weeks ago about watching Jared Goff and how Sean McVay is, is talking to him until 15 seconds. And they're always rushing up to the line and he's not getting a chance to make calls. And that's if you're that kind of offense, that just makes it really hard to, to work anything in that Superdome. But here's what happened. I don't know if you noticed after that first quarter – they were getting to play quick. They were going to the line, and they stopped Ottawa, and they were going on first call. First call, boom. They weren't even trying mm-hmm. to – it was first call, boom, they were gone. And because never, they couldn't ever got out of that. I mean, he would try to no. kill, and he would try to do audibles, and like the receivers looked back with a blank stare. Yeah, so they, they continued to – that was a great adjustment. I thought that was a great call. Uh, by McVay to go to that kind of offense to go. He didn't. He didn't wait to to take his uh, get his three uh, three wide receiver set out there until the fourth quarter until he had settled the game down. And and Kevin, what you said there about uh, New Orleans leaving points out there in that first quarter. That's right. In that kind of an environment, you've got to take it. You've got to take it to their and and take their you know take their I mean, the candy away from them to think, take yeah. them out. Like you said, yeah. golf looked but, you like know, a deer in headlights. He looked like he was ready to break. Yeah. And you just give him just enough. And that offense knows if we can get some, yeah. a couple of plays, get yeah. moving. They have, like you said, Josh Reynolds but, and some good receivers out there. Yeah. And and I, two two things that I want to I want to make sure of here that I get in. One is I, I think New Orleans lost that game not be, not because of that call. And and your Jimmy Johnson quotes right on. So I disagree with a lot of people and everybody at my office today, since most of the people are from Louisiana Tech and, and work there, but <laughs> a lot of Saints fans. But the thing is, that call wasn't it. New Orleans could not run the football. They had 50 yards of, of uh, rushing overnight. And we've talked about they have switched to a I, they have to depend upon the run. They have to get 100 yards yeah. rushing in these types of games. And if you're up 13 to nothing and you're able to run the football, you can put that the game Rams away. don't get back into the ball game. But they couldn't do it. The Rams with Donald and Indomitasu stuffed the middle. Uh, Kamara now caught 11 balls for 96 yards. They tried to get him on the edge again, just like they did against the Eagles. But they could not run the football, and that cost them down the stretch. And that's where I think that the really – uh, really made the difference in this ball game. It wasn't that, and that was a terrible call. I, I don't want to say that it it was a terrible call, but for them to be in that situation, they just they just didn't run the football. And this the Rams made some phenomenal adjustments. And that big that their their big drive. Josh Reynolds had two or three big catches. Hadn't seen him all day long, and all of a sudden, yeah, and all boom, of a sudden, he Josh Reynolds big. has a couple. So I think Sean McVay right there taught you know showed the old. The old dog, a few new tricks. And so I, I thought that was a, a great game. Are y'all like me too? And I think it was in that series. And I've, I mean, I've heard it bantered about on talk radio today, but I think it was right after the two minute warning and the clock, you want the clock to run. Well, and he makes that. And I know that's a pass that probably Drew Brees is always going to complete, but he threw it at the guy's feet, stops the clock. They don't have to, LA doesn't have to use a timeout. You know, and maybe because of what you alluded to, Tony, they couldn't run the ball. They just could not. But you have to run the ball there. They're on the 13 yard line. They're on the third. Well, I wrote it down, Dad, uh, to exactly what you're saying. On that play, that uh, Drew Brees makes that throw to Ted Ginn where he just chunks it up there. And 
Joiner's there and should make a play, and Ginn just goes and catches it. And that, so they're down mm-hmm. first and ten at the thirteen, and the two minute warning just hit. So they're past the stop that that stoppage. Right. So at mm-hmm. that point, if they run the ball on first and second down, you say it, even if they get stuffed, that's at least five seconds for both of those plays, and then they can run the forty second play clock on third down if they run it again. So then they kick that field goal with a minute left instead of giving Golf whatever he ended up with a minute and a half and his timeouts. And then they'll, and then if you run the ball on those first three downs, you have Kamara, you have Ingram, you might get a first down. I mean, it's not, you're not saying you're kneeling, like you could possibly get that. And to throw like they did two of those downs on first down, I understand maybe throwing on third down, but to throw on first right. down and throw an incomplete pass, it, and it was an easy slant. It should have worked. It was a breeze to Michael Thomas, which it's a pretty reliable connection, but breeze threw it low. I mean, let's, let's, let's call it like we see it. Breeze threw that ball low and it was an easy completion. Three seconds. Three seconds came off the clock for that play. Yeah. Three and seconds. And it stopped the clock, and the Rams 155. didn't have to use that yeah. timeout. I mean, that's that right. crucial, yeah. especially I, like Tony said, you couldn't hear in the Superdome. They needed timeouts because every time they ran up to the line, they're yeah. calling whatever they already had before because they couldn't yeah. do audibles at the line. Yeah, and here here's the other thing about and, – and this one is tough because we were um, giving the Saints praise because they were doing this early in the year. They threw to so many different people for touchdowns this year, and they've got – you know, I, like Garrett, the Garrett guy, it's his first start, gets first catch of the year as a touchdown in the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here's what I think hurt him. You know, that pass interference call, Drew Brees was trying to connect with Tommy Lee Lewis, who hasn't been in the game. Hasn't he's only been activated yeah. for who? Um, just a couple of games? Where is Michael Thomas? Where is Alvin Kamara? Thank you. Where is Mark Ingram? Right. You you need to for Alvin Kamara was the day. best player on their team if, all if day. And they didn't give him the ball. And you need a game-winning drive. Don't throw the ball to Tommy Lee. Throw the ball to Alvin Kamara. <laughs> throw the ball to uh, Michael Thomas and, and force to, to it. Michael Thomas. Throw, yeah. and force it one time. Give him a chance to make a play. Because, dude, Kamara and Thomas are playmakers. And I think that's where Drew Brees kind of failed himself there. I don't know if he got if he tightened up or if, if maybe Peyton tightened up or maybe they tried to get too cute. But that's one of the bad things about having Kirkwood and and Taquan Smith and these other guys and Hill being part of your part of your package is you take away from I those think guys. You, you bring up an interesting point. You bring an interesting point. I think that is maybe a case of Breeze and Peyton getting a little cute because they do have this system where they have they, they they're not afraid to throw it to anybody. Like you said, Garrett's first touchdown in the NFC Championship, and I think on third down they thought. Well, we have Kamara, we have Michael Thomas. They're going to be all over those guys. We don't even have to throw it to our studs. We'll throw it to Tommy Lee Lewis. When no, you got Michael F and Thomas. The dude has been uns- yeah, the best 675 receiver all year. yards last you, week. You go to your your playmakers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to bounce back a little bit, rewind to the the second quarter and we talked about that big first quarter for the Saints. What did it take uh the the gonads <laughs> on Sean McVay to run a fake punt at the beginning of the second quarter? on his own 30 to let he, – he has this offense rolling, or at least this offense has been great all regular season, and he lets Johnny Hecker – if they don't get that ball and it's, a, it's, and it's a turnover and the Saints go down and score again, well, I mean, that, that game might be over. That, that was a huge play, and then they end up scoring on that, and then they got that huge uh, – I wrote down – and Tony talked about how the, the Saints were never able to establish that run game, and Kamara did work a little bit in the pass game, and I think he was – like I said earlier, the best player on the Saint for the Saints in the game. But Ingram never got rolling. And the reason why is because we mentioned it last week. I guess Nadamakin Sue just decided not I to guess. play the regular season because this guy looks this guy looks like the yeah. guy back in Nebraska. He was blowing yeah. plays 
up all game. And of course, Donald was great all game. And then he Sue actually was the guy. He got back to back sacks on the Saints final drive before the half that led made them punt it. And then the Rams go eighty one yeah. yards for a touchdown to make it thirteen to ten going to half. And all of a sudden, a game that the Rams had no business being in, they went into half with just awesome. I mean, looking if you would have told yeah. them to go into half down yeah. three in the Superdome, they would have yeah. signed yeah. up for that. And you know, the thing about that fake fake punt, it wasn't for the fact that they got the first down. The biggest thing that that, that uh successful uh, conversion did was it took the uh, fans out of the game just long enough for the Rams to get their shit together, you know, and because everybody's like, ah, and all of a sudden, oh, mm-hmm. you know, and and so I don't know if it's a because it only ended up yeah, to a field it, goal, it didn't even get a touchdown, but it was just it, enough, like you it said, dulled it just the kind of dulled enough the crowd to where it, it, it pulled that roar back down and the Rams were able to recover. The game was fascinating to me, and, and it, it's funny. That, that that penalty and that pass interference and Greg the freaking leg we we can yeah, talk about yeah. the hit, some of his kicks but this game and that call that it's funny that that call is that's going to change legacies I mean think about how that changes if if the if the Saints win that game and get that pass interference now we're going what happened to Todd Gurley on the biggest stage he got benched what happened to Sean McVay did he get too cute can he actually win the big game and we're talking about how Drew Brees and Sean Payton made it to another Super Bowl and now. Flipped the script, and now it's boy wonder Sean McVay found a way to figure it out, and Jared Goff battled through. It's just crazy. I, I'm with the, what LJ said earlier, and how y'all been mentioned. It's just it does suck. I don't think that call is the only thing that lost it for the Saints. There's plenty of plays where the Saints dropped the ball, but that play itself is going to change the way we see the Saints and and the Rams hey, going forward. If, after if, one if pass interference is called there, the Saints are in the Super Bowl. I mean, I just firmly believe that. Now, maybe they weren't the best. I, yeah, I mean, you don't know for I, a fact, but you're pretty hey, sure. I mean, it'd be first and goal from I the five. I think I heard maybe it was Colin Cowherd run it down today, you know, and it would have been about 16, 17 seconds left on the clock, and they're down by three with no timeouts. So – so you know, they, I'm just telling you, they they the, I, I'm I'm like what Tony said, and and don't what, what you said, Jimmy Johnson. Don't let the refs decide the game. I totally agree with you, Tony. But, right. but man, that that changed the game, and it yeah. was so obvious. The ref was right there. Did you see? So all well, the eye the doctors thing. in New Orleans are offering free eyes <laughs> to any any NFL referee. <laughs> Just said, come on in. No way necessary. <laughs> uh, and not not only not only was it pass interference, he got there early. It was helmet to helmet, and you could even exactly. see Robbie Coleman or whatever. He looks around and he he said after the game, I, I loved it. it. Between him and after the game, they asked him about. It. He goes, Yeah, it was pass interference. I got there early, and he even told you I was trying to do pass interference. Yeah, I knew strategy. I got beat, and instead of give up a touchdown, I was going to go for a pass interference, which. You know, I can't blame him. And he looked around afterward. He got up looking for the flag. He knew there was a flag. And he was like, oh, shit. They, yeah. they didn't call it. They didn't call it have on there, me. Have there been yeah. any no uh, quotes from the uh, ref yet? I know the NFL's made a statement, but I don't know if the ref has said well, anything. I don't think so, but shoot, well, I wouldn't say anything if I were him. Interesting to, that, yeah. <laughs> interesting to that point, and this got thrown around. Pro Football Talk put out this article, and uh, actually the NFL has kind of been hesitant to make a public – they told Sean Payton they missed the call. But they've been hesitant to make a public statement on it, and it's for one of two reasons. Because one, you know, the NFL's it'd be it'd be some bad uh, PR if you go, yeah, the wrong team <laughs> is in our biggest game of the year. Yeah. We 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 screwed up and have the wrong team, so you don't want to say that. But also, there's actually a rule, and it is uh, what I think I wrote it down. Rule 17, Section Two, Article Three. Pro Football Talk had this full <laughs> article on it. It actually gives Commissioner Goodell the right. He has the legitimate right. He can either 
cancel that game and start it over, or he could start the game from that exact point and cancel that play, and we start back no. today. He has the authority to do that. I so saw that. Yeah. If he comes, so that's why they've been hesitant to come out and say, "Yeah, we should go publicly." Because if he says, "Yeah," then then all right, you could like legally, the Saints should say, "Yeah." If you're saying you messed up the call, you have the right to fix it. Wow. I mean, that, it'll never happen. There's no way they'd yeah. redo the game. But that's why the NFL's kind of been a little hesitant. And then the worst thing was the head official of that game, I think, not the guy on the field, but the guy who's like up in New York or something. He made a statement. They asked him about it after the game. He was like, yeah, I haven't actually got to see the replay yet. What? what? <laughs> you're the head You're the head <laughs> official. Like You're the guy over the crew. How have you not seen the, the play? the only guy in North America. He's like, I didn't hear it was a missed call. That's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! I, I do feel bad. And can we talk about for the Saints now? Back to back years, the the Minnesota miracle mm-hmm. where where Diggs catches that touchdown, right. and then this where the refs just blew it. I've I I, I would talk about and we talked about being a Razorback fan and the Cowboy yeah. fans tough. Wow, those are two yeah. gut wrenching losses. I mean that that's yeah. bad. Yeah. What I, I wanted to ask because it made me think. What what's uh I'll start with you, Tony. What what what's your worst loss as a fan? Because I don't know if you can match two back to back years necessarily of that, but as a fan, as a, a viewing okay. fan, what's the worst the loss? Worst of your loss. Life? I, I was thinking about that. I, I got two. One you guys probably remember. The other one you probably won't. Um, both involve the Razorbacks. Um, because there were several when I was growing up. The the, <laughs> the Cowboys used to lose really really tough. I mentioned Jackie Smith last week, and y'all said, "Who the hell is that clown?" So. Not going back there. That'd be one of them. But um, 1995, the Razorbacks have the opportunity to go back to back national championships in basketball. Mm. And mm. six seconds left, you got a one point lead, and freaking Tyus Edney, the guy, the backup point guard, goes goes coast to coast, and you lose, and and gets the layup, and everybody's just standing around going, "I thought you had him." That was probably the worst feeling I've ever had after a after a sporting event was like it, it was just right there and you're just dumbfounded back-to-back national championships uh you know only duke does that right i think if we win that ball game uh, hell um Nolan richard may still be the coach at the university of arkansas after that but um <laughs> yeah. uh but that didn't happen and then the other one this is an oldie but a goodie is i was there in old texas stadium Arkansas was playing the SMU Mustangs back in the Pony Express days, and we had them beat. We had them fucking beat. And Horton Nestra, <laughs> Horton Nestra called pass interference on the Razorbacks at like the 17 yard line. It was absolutely the worst call ever. There are posters up. I think Lyft may have the poster. The eyes of Texas are pointing these refs blind. Yeah, I've got these things. It was yeah. just ridiculous. I remember that we, in the car. In the, we in the win that game. It's framed at the cabin. The now, Razorbacks yeah. win that game, and they're going to be the Southwest Conference champions. And they've got an opportunity to possibly have the Cotton Bowl be for the national championship. They lose that game, and I think we lost one more after that because it was it, SMU. Craig James, Eric Dickerson. They got they they go on to win it. But that and I was literally we were right in front of that. Me, Keith Smith, Clark Ray, um, uh, Lift. You weren't there. I don't think you were at that game. Um, but it happened right in front of us. It's like, oh my god, I can't believe this, and and just just uh, it's just ridiculous. So those two are mine. Yeah. Well, interesting. I, I, I as soon as you mentioned the chance to go for a back to back championship uh, in the basketball, I I think I saw Dad 
actually drop in his chair. Like he still, <laughs> it still hurt. Just when you said the words, he knew exactly where you were going. So I'll go right over to you, Dad, because it might have something to do with the Razorbacks too. They've been known to break our hearts a few times. What's uh, well, what's your worst loss? Well, I fans? mean, I, I've got. I'm like Tony, but I'll say too quick. Clint Sterner, that time he fumbled the ball <laughs> against Tennessee. Oh, my God. We had that game yeah. one. Left it on the turf. Real quick, just I'll blow past that one. Two, Dwight Clark catching that damn touchdown on the on the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. I remember looking over at Dad, and I said, Dad, what does that mean? He goes, it means the Cowboys season's over. And I said, oh, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I just <laughs> what does that mean? Well, it just killed me. I don't, I don't, I was fairly young. <laughs> the one, the one, and it's not the Razorbacks, but I, you know, I was born in Houston, uh, Texas. I was a big Houston Cougar fan. 1983. Ooh, wow. 1983, the Houston Cougars play the Louisville Cardinals in the, in the semifinal. And that's the game. Everybody knows that's the game. The winner of that game is going to beat whoever the hell comes out of the other side. Happens it's NC State and Jim Valvano. And so I looked it up on Wikipedia just to make sure. And here's how they have this shit written. It's so wrong. <laughs> Lorenzo Charles, listen to this. Lorenzo Charles called a desperation pass from Derek Wittenberg. My comment passed my ass. Was that was a shot that was short. Everybody knew it was missing. Akeem, Akeem, <laughs> the, maybe the best big man of all time. Arguably, he's in the conversation. I wouldn't say the best big man, but he's in the conversation. He just knows it's short. He's just looking away. Lorenzo Charles goes up and catches it, dunks it in. My Houston Cougars lose to the freaking wolf, wolf pack. I still remember that to this day. It's so hard. Oh, it's hard. <laughs> well, and that's and that's my point to some of this is like you can pull out, you know, game in 1983 that bothers you. Both of these Saints games, if they were just one mm. game, whether it's the Minnesota Miracle or this past one, you'd remember that forever. Back to back freaking years <laughs> oh, of well. taking this. LJ, I'll, I'll go over to you. What's your worst loss as a fan? Well, I think the most obvious one that people who know me know that I dislike is the the Raiders uh, destroying the Broncos 59 to 14 in 2010. Uh, that was just an <laughs> ass whipping of uh, epic proportions yeah. um, by a division rival. But uh, but I really I think I've got something that I feel is is more to me. It's two games in one season. In 2003, the Broncos played against the Chiefs and lost uh, because of a 93 yard punt return by Dante Hall. And uh, they should have won that game. And it was he ran backwards, I think, eight yards and then turned it into a 93 yard touchdown. It was Stupid. It made That's me the so famous no no go go play, the right? No no go go. And uh, I was looking up stuff about it, and Larry Johnson was talking about like listening to Dick Vermeule on the sidelines and how hilarious that was. Uh, <laughs> but so they they lost that game after going undefeated up to that point. I think they had a four game winning streak, and then uh, they lost a few games, but then turned it back around, made it into the playoffs, and then in that same playoffs, they played Peyton Manning and the Colts. And the one play that stands out to me is uh, I believe it's Marvin Harrison caught it in the middle of the field and the two Broncos safeties start fighting over who was supposed to cover him. And Marvin Harrison hops up and runs it in for a touchdown. And it was the most embarrassing yeah. way to get knocked out of the yeah, ball. He, he fell oh. and nobody, oh. touched, nobody him touched him on the ground. Yeah. It was so embarrassing. That is a good one. Yeah. It was just like, and so in that season, there were two moments, like just one play moments where it's just like, if I could bury my head in the sand, the Raiders game, at least it was like done early and I could just like tune out. But those were like I was in, and they both killed me. Oh my god! Uh, so. Yeah, I still feel some pain with that too. <laughs> <laughs> and mine, mine, I, it's basically just uh, Aaron Rodgers breaking my heart uh, every or, yeah. or multiple oh. years. I was gonna mention, I was gonna mention the one where 
uh, he throws where Dak Prescott and Ezekiel, it's rookie year where they're in divisional round in Jerry world. And Aaron Rodgers makes that throw to Jared Cook on the sideline mm-hmm. to set up Mason Crosby with the 60 yard bomb that he just drills. But that's actually not the one because I don't think Dak Prescott's going to win the Super Bowl probably as a rookie. It's it's the one where Tony Romo, my man, my Lord and Savior, <laughs> had the chance. He was It was his chance to win a Super Bowl, and Des Bryant caught it still to this day. <laughs> he caught it. He and, caught it. <laughs> still to this day, he caught it in that game. That game will forever just break my heart because Aaron Rodgers is like jumping around on one freaking leg, just playing amazing. And then we still overcame it, and – Des Bryant, yeah. no catch, is that, catch. That one yeah. broke my heart. That one's worse than Tony Romo being the the kick holder. Yeah, that was bad too. Yes, yes, only because, only because. Well, that one was tough. I actually fell asleep <laughs> during that game. It was like a late Saturday night game, and I woke up, and this was before like before like you know you get your notifications on each game. So I woke up and instantly I turned on my TV. And I'm like, what happened in the game? What happened? What happened? I think and it, yeah. I'm watching Sports Center. I'm watching Sports Center in mom's living room. And it this just tell you how old it was. This was uh, I think it was Sean Salisbury <laughs> talking to Ed Warder or something. And they were talking about oh, the game. And, but I'm watching the highlights. And yeah. by watching the highlights, I don't know what happened yet. And I'm like, oh my God, we're gonna win. This is a chip shot field goal. We're gonna win. We're gonna win. I didn't realize that this hall was building me up just to drop it and then Romo holding his yeah. helmet. Well, I uh, that was her name. I feel like brain, uh, I, I feel like I remember watching that game with you and you fell asleep. And then once you started watching the highlights, I walked out of the room. I did not want to be there. <laughs> that was, no one would just no, you wouldn't just break my heart. You let me yeah. you let me build yeah. up. And I was like, holy crap, Tony pulls this off. Young Tony. That was Robert. my runner up. That was the other one I was thinking about was yeah. him dropping that that, was bad. that that field goal to ten. That's just uh the only reason I put the Packers one ahead of it is because that was I was older. I was I, I was completely invested in the game. I'd, and it was I'd, a I'd, yeah. My love for Tony Romo. I'd been defending Tony Romo for 10 years about how he's a good quarterback. I <laughs> well, promise. I promise. Yeah, and I'll say this. You know, the thing about it, and, and we talk about all the poor Saints fans, but uh, and we're going to talk about this game in a minute, the, the Chiefs game. But you got to really feel for the Chiefs fans. It's been 40 years, 40-plus 40 years since they've been to a Super Bowl, and they have been so close. Marty Schottenheimer had some great teams. Andy Reid has had some great teams. There's just things that happen to them that are keeping them from going to that Super Bowl. And man, with oh, some, and the trophy that gets you in there is the Lamar, Lamar trophy. Lamar trophy. <laughs> and they blew it. They, they, the guys on uh, uh, TV they blew it because guess what? They start talking about Rose Romo. Was it Romo on CBS? Yeah, Romo. Uh, wouldn't it be great if Clark Hunt gets up there and takes this trophy that's called, that's named after his father? <laughs> Damn it, you know. The guy that drops an extra point is the guy talking about this. You know, come on, man. <laughs> well, okay, let's let's get into well, the, the get Patriots into the and, and, and Chiefs game. And that it's easy. We can talk about the, the quarterback that had the best day on Sunday, and he did it from the booth. My man Tony Romo was killing it. <laughs> he was, killing he was it. telegraphing every freaking play. Yeah. <laughs> that, hey, that was my favorite. How great, seriously, was it to have Romo call in that game? That because oh, he did everything job. you were kind of thinking about, he's talking about. It's like you know, Aikman. I just Aikman's not the best broadcasting ex Cowboy quarterback. It's it's definitely <laughs> yeah. Romo. Yeah, I understand. Right. I get all the people that dislike Romo because like the cow like Cowboy fans can be annoying. I know we can be annoying, <laughs> and there's a lot of them. And I know. Like we have Skip Bayless, it's like uh, uh, unfortunately, it's like the head of our bandwagon. Yeah. So that's that's got to be frustrating. And and Romo is the 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 quarterback that has blown big games, and he keeps doing it to you. But 
as far, people that say they don't like him in the booth, I almost I don't understand how he he's excited. He looks that. like he's one wow. of us watching the game. People act like they don't like him, and then I don't understand it. He's just like he would circle a play and be like, if they one on one Gronk here, they need to throw it. And then the safety comes down and goes, yeah, they're gonna throw it to Gronk. Sure enough, they throw it to Gronk, and then he starts like Tom Brady says, kill, kill. He's like, oh, he's killing it. They're gonna run a power to the right. Sure enough. Power to the right. I mean, he just was on point all game. I think Jim Nance at one point was just like, "Oh my God, Romo!" And you just tell me, tell me what they're running, Tony. Tell me what they're running, Tony. It was amazing. Well, I know Kevin. Uh, you got to be excited. What do you think about yeah, it? Tony? I know Kevin. You got to be excited because Tony Romo's finally in the Super Bowl. So, uh, <laughs> Heck yeah. so yeah. Well, it was the CJ Anderson. One. It so was I'm the first good too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it was the first time I've ever been able to say Romo had a good weekend on Championship yeah. <laughs> Sunday because usually he's not there. But now he gets to go to the Super Bowl it's too. Amazing. It's amazing. Oh, my, he'll blow it that, at the end. My goat is going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that Bowl. part was fun. I that was it, it was they they did call a great game. I, I was I was it, as and it was a great game. I, you know, as much as you hate that the the evil empire has once again gotten themselves to the Super Bowl, you know, yep. you know, uh Darth Maul and the the Emperor are headed back, and so <laughs> yeah. but um, the, the Sith, Sith is, is going back, Sith's still in control. Uh, but man, what a game! And you know it, that game was lost for by the Chiefs in the first quarter for them not being able to react to what the uh, what the Patriots were throwing at them. And um, once again, I think man, it came down to the fact that Tom Brady didn't get touched and we talked about that with the Chargers and they yeah. have they have got a recipe against the AFC West and that was just yeah. you know they stuck to a short passing game and uh and they spread it around and and uh just Tom Brady threw it 46 times and and yet they also ran it 30 30 or 40 times I think for 140 yards they controlled, they controlled the game, the game. They, they did exactly what and, they wanted to do they kept Mahomes yeah, off the field and to me the biggest the biggest stat of the game is that that they completed 68% of their third down conversions and in that last drive three third and tens uh, the chiefs when it comes boils, when it boils down to it and I you know prestige worldwide I had to talk him off the ledge but uh <laughs> Uh, you know, it, I feel it, bad. I felt yeah, bad for Jacob. It comes down to the fact yeah. that the the Chiefs didn't have that second that playmaker on defense, and because they shut out Justin Houston, and I, and I'll put this out there, and we can talk about it later after you guys talk about the game. But if Marcus Peters is in Kansas City rather than in Los Angeles, Kansas City is going to the Super Bowl because I think he would have been the difference maker in that last drive. He would have made a play. On Julian Edelman, Chris point. Hogan, somebody yeah. possibly I think he's the guy that gets the. Well, Marcus Peters is just as likely to make the play as he as is to miss the play. Yeah, that's the thing. So they need it. Anytime you give a team nine downs to go to the in overtime, nine downs because they were third and ten three times. Not go go down and give them that nine times. Dude, at least one of those times you're breaking it up, you're intercepting something. Stop. You're going to get one that the odds are. At least are. get lucky. I mean, yeah. you'll get lucky and that get a the stop. The odds of the, you completing yeah. three What's third teams in a row is just phenomenal. It's crazy. Just about the same odds that I lost that damn what? four-game parlay I had going into that game. If the Chiefs <laughs> win that, I, I got everything right. I got the Rams. I got the under. I got the Chiefs, and I got the over. Man, I'd be going to – It was – 
<laughs> you, you talked about it. You talked about it after last week's game about how Bill Belichick and the Patriots they must have had something in the game plan, and that's why they chose to get the ball first and go down there and score. And once again, they did it again. They got the ball first and went right down and scored. And first half, they just dominated. I I saw this stat, and it was the first half uh, in the postseason so far this year. The Patriots have played twice, and in the first half of those two games, the Patriots have gained 592 yards, 40 first downs, and 49 points. Their opponents have gained 175 yards, nine first downs, and seven points. I mean, straight domination in the first half. Wow. And what was fascinating to me is Bill Belichick then made adjustments. Like It's all about halftime adjustments, and they dominated the first half. And then they still made adjustments, even though what they were doing was working. They still changed because they knew, almost like adjust to the adjust. He's playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. And they switched over. James White was killing them on third downs. And then in the second half, they quit going to James White because they figured the Chiefs would try to take him away. And then they moved Stephon Gil- Gilmore over to Kelsey in the second half when he wasn't guarding them the whole first half. Even though Kelsey didn't have a great first half, <laughs> they just knew that they were going to need to. It's, Belichick is just so smart. And as much as you hated LJ, and I'm with you, I hate seeing them every single year. I'm going to miss kind of admiring the greatness that they are because they no are amazing. Brady no and Belichick. And what what you think, Dad? What do you think about that game? Well, I, I want to <laughs> piggyback on what you were saying. Tammy was saying how I just I'm so sick of the of the Patriots and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and all that. And I said, I said, honey, you this is amazing what you're seeing. This dynasty that they put together in this time in the league with salary caps and things like that. What they've been able to accomplish is yeah. Utterly yeah. amazing. And there is a part of me that I think Nine echoing, Super Bowls in 18 years. But echo what you said, there'll be a part of me that will be a little sad when the Patriots are finally done, uh, honestly. And I'm sick of them. I was rooting for Kansas City. I mean, deep in my heart, I was rooting for Kansas City, but I, that really was on my mind. Now, something Tony said I did want to address. You said in the second quarter, or the first quarter, they lost it. And I had a note. They had only run eight plays. It was seven and a half minutes left in the second quarter. Kansas City's run eight plays. They hadn't been past their own 30-yard line, and the score was still just seven to nothing. I mean, they had played abysmal, and the score was just seven to nothing. And then I don't know, Andy Reid, you talked about adjustments. He made some adjustments at halftime because – Right, he did. Kansas City came out and and, and had a shot to win that game. He knew, just like in in week uh, five or whenever that first game was, he knew – Mahomes, and you can't keep reading Mahomes down for long. They're going to get rolling at some Mm -hmm. point. And to your point, the fact that – because that, just like the Saints game, the Patriots had dominated that first half and should have been up more. Brady throws a pick in the end zone. I can't tell you the last time I saw Brady throw a pick in the end zone. I saw that stat. The Chiefs hung around long enough. I thought they were going to come through and win it. And I – one thing that bothered me, and we talked about the pass interference is one thing, but I I don't know what the the fix is for overtime – I, I don't know if college is necessarily the right way. I don't like the college line. overtime. I, but, love it. Yeah. I don't think it's any, the, the, the right answer. But any rule – so Patrick Mahomes, that offense, scores 24 points in the fourth quarter, and then they don't get a chance to touch it in the overtime. Yeah. And I don't know what the right rule is, but any rule that keeps Patrick Mahomes off the field, I'm not in favor of because I want to see that offense have a chance. And they didn't even – it just – it sucks. The coin flip really decided the game. I, people talk about – like people who hate on soccer – say that it's terrible that free kicks decide a game. I'd rather free kicks decide a game than a coin flip decide who wins or loses. And that just that I didn't like that at all. LJ, what were your thoughts about the Chiefs Patriots game? You guys have covered most of it, so I just wanted to mention that uh first off, uh I think Belichick needs to get a sponsorship deal from Apple 
uh, to support the iPad instead of the Surface Pro. Dude, he threw that sucker down, didn't he? That was so funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's not even the first time he's done that. There, like, I looked it up because I wanted to find some video of it. Because Dad, you asked about it in our little group message thing, um, and I found like videos of him doing it in t- 2010 and 2008. Right. So he's just been doing this for his whole yeah. life. But it was so funny. I've never seen him lose his composure so much that he he's going up to the ref and saying, "Look, look, look! You got it wrong." He never loses his composure like that. He looked, you got it wrong, yeah. and he's like, "Son of a." And he throws it down. <laughs> that is not Bill Belichick, you know? So anyway, yeah. I, that was interesting. Good observation. Well, um, and I, I, But I, can I add on something, LJ, that you said? I think you texted us. I mean, they the, the two-minute warning was coming up, right? And they snapped the ball with 2-0-1 left. To rush the touchdown. To, yeah. to rush the touchdown. Yeah. And, and LJ, LJ texted us all. He's like, score slower. And I mean – Clock mismanagement, yeah. I cannot believe that's happened in the New Orleans game by a, a coach, Sean Payton, and in the Kansas City game, a coach, Andy Reid. Well, you can't believe that the, the, the NFL's like Les Miles had a clock management problem. Like, that, that <laughs> yeah. was bound to happen. Andy Reid is known for screwing up the clock. <laughs> God, the GOAT is sitting on the sideline just waiting. You cannot yeah. give him the ball with that much time left, you're, I mean, you just, they lost when they scored that quick. And you sent that text LJ. I just thought Kansas city lost. They've lost. Mm. There's just, can, can mm. we touch on the optical illusion? That was <laughs> Julian yeah, that was the other on thing. That I, that's one of the other things I wanted to bring LJ, up. Oh, LJ yeah. had the perfect example. Like I, I didn't know. I couldn't put it into words. I just knew I didn't understand it. And LJ he did say it. We, right. keep, we, we keep referencing the text message group, but LJ said, what was it? It was an optical illusion to your yeah, eyes. It was an say? optical illusion because from every single angle, it touched a different body part. And then you look at another <laughs> angle and it wouldn't touch that body part, but it would clearly touch another one. It was unbelievable. Right, like, I don't know how that they happened. Show, they show that one angle. They show one angle. I'm like, oh, it touched his thumb on his left hand. And then they show a different angle. I'm like, oh, I guess it didn't touch his thumb on his left hand, but it touched his forearm on his right. Yeah. right? And then they show that angle. I'm like, oh, it didn't touch his forearm, but it touched his shoulder. Like, yeah, every time they showed it, it touched another body part. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, the weirdest thing to me. I couldn't understand it. That's the can, one play you that imagine? like if you – if you uh, in the first game uh, after that, I heard a lot of people saying like the ref should be just not a part of the game anymore. And it should just go to instant replays for every single play uh, to just decide everything the fairest way yeah. possible. But if you wanted to fight that argument, like that play is the one because an instant replay does not show the answer. Yeah, it just doesn't. Yeah. That was a strange uh, uh, of all the strange calls over the weekend. That may have been the strangest because what where I thought there's no way they're overturning this. Is because they called it a fumble on the field, and you have to have right. that I evidence. I thought he had to go say, whatever they called on the you field. You really exactly, got to see Tony. clear yes. evidence that it didn't touch him. And I, and now I believe it didn't touch him, but I don't know that I saw clear evidence that one of those thumbs didn't graze that yeah. football. And but I think, but that was the thing is if you you say if you say it was his right thumb. There's an angle that shows it definitely wasn't his right thumb. If you say it was his left thumb, there's an angle that showed it was definitely not his left thumb. The only thing yeah. that I was his like left pointer finger goes down. It's like a millimeter away. That's the only one that it's like there. It I, I didn't have. see approval. Yeah. It didn't. No, touch I, I don't think he touched it. But the thing is, you've got to have irrefutable evidence that shows to overturn. And that's to me was the was the deal. But they they overturned it. And again, just like in the Saints game, that wasn't well, and I, they didn't lose because of that. But. True, no, right? Because actually, definitely. the Chiefs end up the Chiefs end up getting the ball back, yeah. I believe. Or no, that was the play where no, they threw I think the interception. The Chiefs get a pick, but it was uh, yeah, yeah. I, so then they have the offsides on D Ford. I know we talked about that, that a little huge. bit, but 
if you look back at that, the the left tackle is kind of that was He's in the backfield. Officiating. The officiating was just bad yeah. all day in both both games. That was the loser in and all this. The NFL officiating yeah. sucks. And that left tackle, he looks like he's back in the back, but it easily could have been an illegal formation. But another thing, usually the ref tells the guy if he's clearly lined up off sides, the ref kind of goes like, Hey, back well, up, back up. Mm-hmm. And no one tells him, and then they throw a flag. I don't I'm definitely not a part of the group that says like the NFL's conspiring to get Tom Brady oh. in the Super Bowl. Cause if it what they took away a first round pick because he deflated a ball a, a little bit. So they're not trying to help the Patriots out. The conspiracy theories are dead to me. But wait, 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 wait. And then well, so the, many hold on, hold on. That roughing the passer that I wanted wait, to bring up. I wanted to wait talk a minute. About that. Did y'all did Kevin <laughs> just say conspiracy theories are dead? Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. For the Patriot for the Patriots. Oh, 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 oh okay. Damn, I was I had just, didn't land on the moon. Dinosaurs aren't real, but Brady is the real deal. Yeah, I just But Brady is the goat. Goats are real and they wear number. I just bought my flat map and 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 figured out where the <laughs> studio was, where we landed on the moon and everything. Damn. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. And then, yeah, that roughing the passer call on yeah. Brady. And oh. now, I, I, can you believe they oh. even let it go? Oh, that guy should have been ejected. Oh. Yeah. You can't touch Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom, Thomas <laughs> Brady. <laughs> There's so much. He stuff. like he like slid his hand across his face mask a little bit, and then maybe touched his jersey. So, I I no, swear Brady sickening. almost sprained an eyelid yeah. blinking so hard. Blinking so that, hard. So. And here, you know, and so I hope we get to talk a few more minutes about this game. But it, I just want to that's this is what has made this game such a great game, and will be talked about for a long time. There were so many things going on in this game: Brady versus Mahomes, Reed versus Belichick. Uh, all these things that happened. What a great football game this was. And to win it in overtime, it's just a great football game. But uh, so add to that, here's where Kansas City lost the game. And, and, and first, well, they – All right, okay, lay it on me. In the uh, – you guys said they scored too fast. I don't think they scored fast enough because you've got to know, if you had given Brady one minute and given the football, they don't get the ball back and they lose regardless. I think you, they yeah. needed another 25 or 30 seconds to get one more first down to get a shot to get into the end zone. They didn't call their timeout quick well, enough. And I did think about maybe that's why they, they lost. Maybe that's why yeah, they didn't. They lost about 20 warning, seconds in when, when the Patriots scored. They could have had 50 seconds. They had 30 seconds. If they had that extra 20 seconds, they get at least one more shot at the end zone and, 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 and something could have mm-hmm. happened. But then at the end, in overtime, here's what I don't understand. Your defense has just been obliterated for 70 yards, and you get first and five. Call a timeout. What are you going to do with those timeouts? Yeah. You, yeah. you, you can't take yeah. them anywhere. Saving you, them for the yeah. Super Bowl. You, yeah. Timeouts kind of scare. I, they kind of scare Andy Reid. He I just, just doesn't understand. I know. It doesn't but quite but somebody his de- <laughs> I don't know the, how the taxes work, and I'm, it's, at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. <laughs> yeah, and and I can I pretty much bet that the defensive coordinator in Kansas City will be fired sometime this week. But that's where the defensive coordinator has got to go to read or yell into his microphone or something. Time out! God damn it! Time out! My, you know, there's somebody has to tell Andy <laughs> Reid what's going on because he's just like ah. 
I wonder if I can still get a happy meal this late. Ah, it was just terrible. And he was just, just frozen. You think Andy and, needs a happy yeah, And so it's like. It's swallowed the toy. There's right no there. way a happy meal does anything for Andy Reid. Well, it's not even foreplay. Well, maybe he gets, gets 10 happy meals. I don't know. Maybe he's a Donald Trump guy. And he just puts okay. his whole right. table full of it. You anyway. know, he's doing the two for five. And he's the getting two for five. five. Yeah, he's doing the two for five. But he's just frozen sure. watching this. He's. He's doing two yeah, different two for fives. They, they should have called timeout either at the first and five or the one before that one because they were just getting blitzkrieg. They just they they were they were they reeling. Had to right. call that defense was reeling. I don't understand why they didn't yeah. do that. Yeah. It was it was fat. It, I think you're onto something a little bit there, Tony. I think they did try to score quicker. That's probably why they went. I, they that's a that fair point. I, I really hadn't thought. But yeah. How crazy is it that Tom Brady, who really, if you look at some of the stats, he didn't have. Like a crazy Tom Brady game. He threw the pick in the end zone. They they did let the Chiefs hang around. They ran the ball decent. But still, with two minutes left, you just assume everyone in that stadium, whether you're wearing Patriots or you're wearing the Chiefs red or whatever, you just assume as long as he's got a minute, he'll be fine. He'll find a way to get down there and he'll score. And by, what does he do? He just marches down there and scores. And it was just fitting in overtime that it was the old Bucks. We talked about it. I, I think the the Patriots doing this whole no one believes in us bull crap. That, I think that's part of them just doing it to do it, whatever. But it was great. Third and 10, Edelman, Brady. Third and 10, Brady, Edelman. Third and 10, Brady, Gronk. It was the old guy. It was the guys that keep doing this over over and over over again. And I wanted to give a shout out to, I think maybe that game was Belichick and his staff's maybe best game coaching I've ever seen. And the reason I say that is because – they went. They go into that game, and I think the Chiefs are a great team. And they go, we got to, we got to do. They want to make them play left-handed, so they hold Mahomes that to his completion percentage of fifty-one percent, which is they only had three games the whole year where he was under sixty percent completion percentage. Then they also held Tyreek Hill to just one catch on three targets. Both are season lows. So you take Tyreek Hill. Usually, the Patriots like to take one guy out of the game. They also took out Travis Kelsey. I, I, we, there's no way you would have told me they take out both. They hold. Travis Kelsey, the three catches for 23 yards on five targets. Again, those are both season lows, not counting week one where he only had one catch. And then they also run the ball and keep Mahomes off the field, as we mentioned, only eight plays in the first half. And then they only, like, they, they held the time possession. Tom Brady wasn't touched all game. The one thing we said about the Chiefs, D, is they can get pressure. They might not be good on the back end, but D Ford and Houston can get pressure. Tom Brady's jersey was just as clean when he was talking to the reporter at the end of the game as it was when he was walking on the stadium yeah. at the beginning of the game. They just they completely outcoached and they're just amazing. And part of the reason the way they can do this is out, uh, Peter King wrote it out in his uh, Pro Football Talk article. But uh, Belichick's in his 19th year coaching the Patriots, and McDaniel's has been on the staff for 15 of those 19. Skarnecki, the offensive line coach, has been there 17 of the 19. Another their special teams coach has been there 19 of the 19. They just have so much continuity, and they trust each other, and they know they can make these adjustments on the fly. And it, 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 I'm, it kind of gets me back to what I, what Dad said earlier. And the Patriots annoy me. I hate seeing them in the Super Bowl every single year. It gets old. But when they're gone, I think you're going to look back on these this 20 year run, and it's been absolutely amazing. Yeah. And I'll remember this. I'll tell my grandkids when I get old and I get my gray hairs. I'm going to go. You know what? You think this team is good? You should have seen the Patriots back in. 2000 to 2020 because it was just insane yeah. what they did. A 20, yeah, but yeah. 30 almost a, yeah. Well, a 20 yeah, plus I, year period. Yeah, and I, yeah. You know, real, real quick, I think that, um, uh, well, the gray hair thing threw me off because I could see that shit on Lifford's chin and it still bugs me. So when you get that, he's don't, don't do that. 
But <laughs> um, yeah, the, the coaches and but defensively and and you talked about the offensive game plan for the for the Patriots and yeah, I I agree it was very good. But what they did the Chiefs offense uh, defensively without you know, basically Trey Flowers and Dietrich Wise and shit. If you can win games with two former Razorbacks, man, great job. You know, but um, uh, you know the job that he did and is that uh, Flores? Is that Who's their DC? Flores. He's their linebacker coach, James but he's Corey, kind of he's headed to. Too. He'll be headed to Miami to be there. He's yeah. probably headed to Miami. But it I makes think, you kind yeah. of wonder who who was really the mastermind last year. Was it Patricia or was it uh, this guy? Because I'm telling you, he was right. All these that guys that are doing a great job. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. It seems like if if the, if Belichick's willing to let him go, then they're replaceable. He wouldn't let McDaniel's go a second time. If you remember, he knew he needed McDaniel's yeah. to stick around, and I. It just is interesting to me. It, it, it is fascinating. Wow. I guess Matt Patricia wasn't the, the end-all, be-all. Maybe yeah. he shouldn't be a head coach out there in, in Detroit with his pencil and his, and yeah. his uh, laminated oh, sheet. Yeah, and, like I, sheet. and this but, is uh, not going to be very comfortable for some people to hear that listen to our podcast, but Travis Kelsey did not show up. <laughs> he froze in the moment, and that was such a strange <laughs> thing to see. Here's a guy, yeah. all-pro and Liv talked about him last week. This guy is phenomenal at his position. He flat froze. He dropped a couple he never should have dropped, and all of a sudden Mahomes loses a little confidence in him. I was, I think Kelsey's probably disappointed in his performance uh, this weekend. Gurley's going to get a shot to redeem himself in a couple of weeks, but Travis Kelsey's got to wait a whole whole nine months, and so I, I, that was that was tough to watch. He had a really really poor game, so I. That was that was a tough one. I do think you know Kelsey is going to want to bounce back next year, and I'm sure he will. One thing for all of the Chiefs fans out there, Jacob, if you're listening, I know you know this, <laughs> but it was a tough loss. But boy, they got a, a good fun ten years. You get Patrick Mahomes for ten. I don't care what he can tell. He can write down what he wants for a salary, and the Chiefs better pay it because that yeah. man is amazing. He did miss some throws. There were a few yep. throws where he he let a guy a little too much, but all in all. He, he seems like a really good leader. And then he stands up on the podium and he says everything perfect, talks about how this pain is good. It's going to make us better. And, I mean, doesn't blame anyone but himself and the team. I just love Mahomes. And then Brady even, there was a – He's hard. I read a thing lot. about yeah. Brady. Apparently, he went to his people while I was in the locker room. And instead of – in all the euphorium of I'm making my ninth Super Bowl and we just won again, he goes to some people and says, hey, can, can y'all take me to the Kansas City locker room? I want to go talk to Patrick one-on-one. And he goes and talks to Patrick Mahomes because I think he sees it. There's just something special yeah. with Mahomes. Obviously, his arm's special, and he can throw it behind his head or whatever, he, whatever all other fancy things he can do. But I think he's just a special human being. And that I think it'll be fun to watch him for multiple years. I'm going to be a little bit of a Chiefs fan probably for the next 10, 15 years just because yeah. I like watching Patrick Mahomes play. I think so. I think yeah. here's the only thing, though, that, that that makes me think of is that is scary for the next 10 years, too, because I've seen reports he's going to sign a record contract in 2020, which is kind of like, I mean, a duh, if he makes it yeah. through 2019, he deserves a record contract. But how many how many teams have signed a record contract and gone on to to be a Super Bowl yeah. contender? I mean, this is the Kevin argument yeah. all day, yeah. is that paying a quarterback is one of the hardest things to get over yeah. in the NFL these days. So, that said, though, you know that is you got to pay him. You got to pay the man. Yeah. Yeah. Quarterback's well, the most important position go. on the yeah. field. You can't let Mahomes go to Denver. I mean, like, yeah. that would be the worst decision <laughs> they could possibly make. Um, yeah. So, hey, yeah, man. You got to pay him. LZ, that's yeah. a... Yeah, Elsie, that's an awesome call. I I read that today. Well, they're actually going to try to. It looks like they are going to try to make his talking about extension this year prior to getting into twenty twenty. And but you're absolutely right. That was a great call. How, how do you know? But 
I will say this. If Mahomes had won this game, I think from a long-term deal, that it may have been detrimental. Putting that fire in your belly on this, it's never uh, – Lombardi yeah. said there's no such thing as a good loss. And so – but but I think he's really hungry. To have come in the league like he has this year just made it – it just looks easy to him. But to have yeah. this setback right here, I think probably sets him up more for the long run. It's, You're exactly right. We talked about it during the game too. Uh, we talked about how this was a potential torch-passing moment. Where, you know, the greatest now plays against the greatest of all time. And, you know, this is potentially the moment that it becomes just, you know, Mahomes takes over and this is the beginning of his career. But now he might never have that thirst quenched. And he might always have that chip on his shoulder. He might have that Michael Jordan chip. Right, like like Tom Brady has the chip of getting drafted in the sixth round. Mahomes was drafted in the first round and someone traded up for him. So this puts the chip on his shoulder. And I think it was it was interesting to watch the game. Mahomes is young and he's gonna learn like he learned a lot probably in that game. But there's the difference you can see in Mahomes and Brady is Brady does that they were doing that little thing all game where they would come out with a fullback and a running back, Devlin and a running back, and they would motion Burkett out. And that would that would tell Brady, that motion right there would tell Brady, okay, here's where I'm throwing it. Before the snap, he knew where he was going probably seventy percent of the time. And then yeah. he, he that's why he's still at 41 is still ripping people up on third and 10 over and over again. Cause he just, what he sees up in his mind, it's just different than everyone else. And until his arm falls off like it did for Peyton Manning, which eventually it will go away, I think he's going to hang around and just keep doing this thing. I, I Man, think if this I'm might a, be his final it, year. Okay. If he can win a Super Bowl, I, it seems like what, for whatever reason, these wins seem to be really meaning a lot to him. And I think he's trying to get. One more and go out. It's kind of where I'm seeing it. Yeah, I, I, we'll see. I, I don't think know. This is Gronk's last year too. Yeah, this definitely Gronk's. Like I, I got a feeling this is Gronk's yeah. last year. I, I, he is just not. Yeah. He's not there anymore. But hey, he made some critical catches. Hey, he would it be awesome if I see Devlin Kelsey. and Gronk running at me? If I yeah. see Devlin and Gronk running at me, and I'm an outside linebacker, I'm. I don't know which one I want to take I'm a hit from. I'm saying I'm running the other direction. I mean, I tell you words. what, though, you you look at Brady, though he he played in the regular season different than he's playing in the postseason. I do think he yeah, was saving he up is, for the regular season or for the postseason. All he's trying to get me to yeah. the postseason, get yep. me to the postseason. And as long as he plays and, in the AFC uh, East, he's pretty much locked to win a division he, every single I year. Mean, you said it, Del J. Yeah, Tim Duncan, Popovich kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just get me to the postseason. I could mm-hmm. see him doing it another year. Yeah. I really could. Yeah, he's something. I'm not so, counting. Awesome. I'm not yeah. counting out the Patriots until they are. They say they're done. Until Tom. Tom Brady yeah. says yeah. I'm done. I'm not going to be yeah. on the wrong end of it. Yeah, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I agree. I, I, we can we can talk about it, and maybe the next time we we get together. But I, I you know, I I heard some stuff today about starting to compare Brady, Brady and Jordan. And if Brady wins this one, it'll be six, right? Jordan's yeah. got his six. Yep. Are we talking about the two greatest athletes of all time? I do think that's interesting. Brady we'll, going to play we'll, baseball? We'll, <laughs> that's the only way we'll really know. <laughs> the only way we'll really know. Yeah. <laughs> I got a stat, LJ, that'll make, that'll make you probably happy. And you probably noticed it over the weekend uh, that we thought, you know, 50-point games and it's going to be scoring crazy. It was really a yeah. defensive struggle. Games were kind of uh, ugly. I loved it. it I mean, I, they yeah. ended up hitting the over in the Patriots game, but it was 17-7 start of the fourth. I mean, it was not a yeah. high-scoring game yeah. until late. But mm-hmm. I read yeah. Scott yeah. Kazmir, who I follow from Football Outsiders. He, he I follow him on Twitter. He's a good follow for anyone out there. But he he went and looked it up. The top 10 scoring teams in NFL history. You know how many rings they have? How many? Zero. The two that surprised me. Just a couple of them in the 2013 Denver Broncos. I know you know them, LJ. They they ended up losing in the Super Bowl to Seattle. Then you got 2007 yep. New England, blew that game to Eli Manning. This year's Chiefs yep. lost, obviously, last week. Green Bay 2011, they lost in the divisional round. He'd listen them out. And then there was a, the there Atlanta is a Saints a few years offense back. that's pretty close on that list, I think. Oh, the Saints in 2011 if if the Saints were there. 
number seven and they lost in the divisional round, but that was the next year they won the Super Bowl or the year before. One, it was like right before or after they won the Super Bowl. So I'm interested in that stat because the one team that I, the greatest show on turf, those St. Louis Rams back in 01, they won the Super Bowl and they barely won from Tennessee, but I could have swore they were the number one offense that year. I guess they, well, he's not saying the number one offense that year. He's saying the number, the 10, Best Top. offenses of all time. Oh, oh God. So in 2000, actually, he wrote it out. surprising in, uh, that that's not in there, though. The okay, number 10, the, the, the number 10 number on this, the number 10 team on this list is the 2000 St. Louis Rams. So the year before they won the Super Bowl, uh, they right. were a higher okay. scoring team. So you're right. Okay. You're right on the money. It's good. Good offenses can win a Super Bowl. Uh, this That's a little yeah. misleading. But it's yeah. just the top 10 scoring teams in NFL history have zero rings. That's just odd. And I know LJ. You just got to have Ricky Prohl, man. Ricky Prohl is what makes you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have one more thing on the game real quick. Yeah. On Tony Romo, that oh, man. Uh, keep talking Tony Romo. We can stay here all night. So, I got time. So <laughs> clear we're my talking schedule. a we're lot talking of people. Tony. <laughs> this is a secretary ready. She's got you yeah. covered. Uh, but uh, so, you know, uh, I just saw that he's going to sign a big extension with CBS probably. But uh, a lot Not of people are talking Jones about him being call an OC. First. A lot of people are talking about him as an OC. I want him to be a, a special assistant to the DC is what I really want. Because that man calls a play better than anybody in the world. And if your DC knows what's coming up every single play, you're in the money, man. It is Whoa. interesting. I did, like I did read that CBS is already trying to talk about locking him up because he's about yeah. to do the Super Bowl. Every The Super Bowl obviously has a huge announcement. I, I think Romo is interesting not only for the fans like us. You're like He gives us insight because he's just like way smarter and sees things that we don't see. But then also – He's like he's giddy like I am at ten years old watching the Cowboys. Yeah. Like he gets excited yeah. about the play. So even for even if you're watching it with your girlfriend or your wife, yeah. like they can kind of enjoy watching hearing Tony Romo. I think it will be interesting because CBS the article stated that there are some rumors about coaching rumors, and then there are other rumors about ESPN would love to have him on Monday night. And so CBS yeah. is like, we gotta lock this sucker up. He might sign a record breaking <laughs> contract to be an analyst. Yeah. And you know what? I hope he does. Unless he's going to go be the OC or head coach down in Dallas, because I just in, in Roma we trust. Then, uh, then <laughs> no, I hope he no. stays calling games because I love him yeah. in the booth. Yeah, no. See, Romo's right where he needs to be because he's got no pressure. He can make all these yeah. calls yeah. with no pressure. It's just like it's just yeah. like every game Romo ever played from the first quarter through the middle of the fourth quarter. Man, he's the best quarterback ever. But that last <laughs> half of that fourth quarter, when the pressure starts, he sucks. He can't make the I'm big play. You. So you some, don't want to be your OC. He gets better as the game goes the booth, on in the booth. Yeah, the but. Booth right. No pressure. Look, watch this. Hey, no pressure. I got it. But pressure's on. Oh, shit. I fumbled a snap. Oh, shit. I threw the interception. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I shouldn't have taken that sack. You know? But no pressure, man. He's the best. You're, you are He's right. It is, and, and that's why if I'm Tony, I might just I might just keep this job I got because right now, if he says they got to throw it to Gronk and they don't throw it to Gronk, we probably just forget about it because the Patriots did something else that was crazy. We're talking about the yeah. missed pass interference or whatever it is. Yeah. But if he gets it right, then we're like, oh my god, Tony Romo is so amazing. Right. This is a cush well, job. This is easy. Yeah. 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 Our minds are blown that he got eight in a row right or something yeah. like that. So yeah. he's sitting there having to get sixty in a row right. We're Talking about different odds. Do you say it's easy? I would. I not would put easy, a no. Jason Witten. No, okay. No, it's not an easy job. Compared to speaking, the consequences. If he gets a game wrong in the booth, we forget about it. Hey, if he gets right, a game no, wrong as a defensive coordinator, then uh, the game's over and they lose. Like Dad said, what hey, what happens no now? Yeah. You go home. It's over. That's right. Even in, <laughs> even in Sweden, they know the JPP podcast boys are better than Jason Witten. <laughs> 
You know, <laughs> any one of us could oh, go. I don't all think that I'd be better, honestly. Okay, these are two completely, <laughs> well, completely random things I noticed in the games, and I just wanted to throw them out there. Apparently, it's not. This was both of these were in the game, the uh, NFC Championship. Apparently, it's not suitable to show butts on TV. Do you oh, know what I'm yeah. talking about? Oh, I know yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> I was really confused because I just, I actually got home a little late and I got home and I turned on the TV and right when I turned it on, they're like they show Michael Thomas make a catch and then like it flips to the, the Superdome. Like, the Superdome. Why don't they show a sky cam? It's because Michael Thomas's pants got pulled down, got and instead pulled of showing that boy's butthole, they just showed a quick, like, three-second <laughs> shot of the the Superdome, and then went back, and you see him pulling up his pants as they come back. No one acknowledged it, like it never happened, but it happened. I'm so glad <laughs> somebody else noticed that. <laughs> Props to that director, that right. producer, that DP. Jesus Christ, I've never, yeah. like, that is a quick call. You see his pants starting to get pulled yeah. out, and you've got somebody <laughs> hit a button. Boom. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, it, that person deserves a race. They might be the Tony Romo of, of uh, production the, <laughs> You know, <laughs> one time working in different radio and TV, there's always an oh shit button, and you sometimes hear it, like the in NBA and NFL, when the mic drops completely out, it's because a player's mic got a little too close to a hot mic yeah. and said, like, you know, dropped an F-bomb or something, pulled a Uncle Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but so they can mute the mic. That, I didn't realize there was a, a there was a, a butthole button where they could press the button if a button comes out. And he, you're right, LJ. That man was on a dime. Like he didn't have a split second. He hit it. You think there's a guy in the trailer that his only job he's got a button. He's sitting on it. If as soon as he sees a butt crack, he hits that button. That's his only job. The in the trailer. There has to be. <laughs> okay, man. If you see. If you see a butt, if you see some pants coming down, if you see something, if you see something in the stands, hit the button, man. Because, you know, for like a ha- I saw that. I thought, well, that's kind of strange. And then I realized, oh, shit, Michael Thomas's pants were getting pulled down. Because it's it just kind of like, yeah. So you saw some crack. Not that I'm, you know, looking for. <laughs> anyway, so but you saw something. And then all of a sudden it's like it's the outside of the Superdome. What what happened? And then, then they go back and you see him. He's doing like I say. Oh yeah. Well, the dude, so the dude I, in the trailer hit the button. I thought something happened. I was like, why did it do that? So like after I realized the play's over, I was like, I backed up. I hit the little like ten second back button a couple of times. Like what happened? I watched it. Still didn't understand it. Watched it back a third time. I was like, oh, it's because that man's pants were yeah. down. They didn't show his see, butt. If only they could have done for Janet Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Now who's who's in a worse spot here? Me who saw it live and said, Oh, I saw the crack. Kevin, who has to go back three times looking for the crack. I know. Now I think I'm Kevin needs to get saying, better at his job is what I'm hearing. I'm not saying anything, hey. but you know, I didn't go back looking for any crack. That's all I'm saying. I I, I had to see what was going on. I had I had to see what was going on, you know. So it's Liv so don't want true. to say nothing on that one, do you, Liv? I mean, I have nothing to say. I mean, if you were going to see his butt. I mean, I just, I just have so I'm, many questions. I'm, I'm it's not like Tony Kevin was like drooling <laughs> as he hit the back button. And even if he was, whatever, man. Whatever. Is, it, whatever, is man. there a guy in the booth that's sole job is to watch for butts? Is there a button that is the butt button? I have so many <laughs> questions button. that need answers, and I don't know. If I we'll think there go. must be based on speed. I think there must be, and I think you're probably right. It probably got invented when Janet Jackson popped out. And, uh, you know, because I know that there's an obscenity, like, right. like you're saying, the mic yeah. dropping out. There's like, they've got that. I think there's probably a guy that just deals in obscenities in the booth and he's just ready for any of them. 
Well, Sunday was that guy's moment to shine, and boy, did shine. he! Because we didn't job. get to see any butts. I rewound it back. We didn't get to see any butts. He went. He went to the blimp. Let's go to the blimp. <laughs> Master move right there. All right. Second. Now, second thing oh, that, I noticed from that I'm game. Sorry. Yeah, oh, that was. Yeah, that was the super blood wolf moon you got to see. Is that what that's what that was? <laughs> the New Orleans okay. version. The, the second thing I wanted to okay. mention from that game, I wanted to throw out before we get out of here. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught this. I actually, I was re-watching some of the fourth quarter in overtime uh, earlier. And if you watch, and I put this, I tweeted this out. I took a video of it on my TV. But Johnny Hecker is the punter who's the holder for the Rams. And Sean Payton, as you remember, iced him. And I was interested in watching yes. that because I'm oh, big. Yes. I'm big on I like to see if the kicker kicks it after they iced it. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch when they iced him to see if he if the kicker actually kicked it through or if he held it. Well, to answer that question, he decided not to kick it, so he didn't use his one good kick. But more funny than that is Johnny Hecker acted like he was gonna fake. Once he realized the play was dead, they yeah. still snapped it. He ran off like he was gonna he fake ran. it. <laughs> if you keep watching it though, He's like jogging and he's clearly not looking around. And then he looks over to his left. He sees that one of the defenders, I don't think the guy was actually going to hit him, but one of the d- defensive guys was running after him like the play was live. And as soon as he saw that guy, he threw the ball down so fast. It was like a hot potato. He was like, it's dead. Play's dead. Play's dead. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. It was so yeah, I saw I'm just saying, When I saw, I saw him do that, me and Hannah, I don't think have ever been more on the edge of our seats for an actual kick, though. Like after that, I was like, yeah. there's no way they'd, they'd fake it, right? There's no way they'd fake this. Right. Yeah. It was, yeah. I, and I, I think it was actually a, a brilliant move by old Hecker because him doing that does put that thought yeah. in. Not, if it put the thought in your mind, it put the thought in that guy coming off the edge, like, oh, maybe I should watch him. But I just, yeah. I loved how quickly he was like, oh, shit, don't actually tackle me, Sue. Sue, this is not a real play. I promise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was only a drill. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that was funny. That was funny. So it it was a great day of football, and we'll come back next week and we'll talk some uh, we'll talk some prop bets. We'll talk maybe a little uh, goat debate between Jordan and uh, uh, Tom Brady and LeBron James, and uh, then we can. uh, (laughs) I don't know what you're talking. (laughs) And we'll talk we'll talk about what this game means. But did y'all have anything else y'all want to throw out there about Sunday that y'all wanted to say before we wrap this sucker up? It just. I will say uh, one of the most entertaining seven hours of football that I've spent all year long for sure in 20, yeah. uh, 2018, 2019. Okay. But it was one of the best weekends of football that I've seen yeah, in a while. Yeah. The calls, it's just the a shame calls I were so I hate that it came down to calls, yeah. but yeah. 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 The, the games were great. There were bad yeah. calls, but the games weren't decided Thank on bad calls. As far as a one day of games, that yeah. might have been the most suspenseful and dramatic day of games. For a guy who was going in with no yeah. rooting interest since the Cowboys are out, just as far yeah. as fun on the yeah. edge of my seat. I don't smoke cigarettes, but after that Chiefs uh, Patriots game ended, I felt like I needed to go outside and smoke a cigarette. I was like asking my neighbor, I was like, hey, you got, can I borrow one of them yeah. ca- cowboy killers? Because, man, I'm tense right now. I need them. I need them all red, man. Can you? I need a camel unfiltered. So, Kevin, where could I go if I wanted to try to get tickets to the Super Bowl? Is there a place, a website? It's that's funny. Worth- I wish I, I wish you could see what my computer. I'm looking up the cheapest ticket for a Super Bowl right now. The cheapest okay. ticket is somewhere between twenty five hundred and three thousand dollars, and that's up in the nosebleed okay. seats in Atlanta. But I got a, I got something for you guys. If you would like to go to the Super Bowl, we have. We, yeah, let me tell I you would. about our friends Tick Splits. If you got the three thousand okay. dollars and you can blow it. Then go on to TixBlitz.com, that's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z, and throw in the promo code ARMCHAIR, and they're offering all of our listeners 5% off your total purchase. Now, I'm wow. just saying, 
If you're going to take you and you and you know your loved one or multiple to the Super Bowl, three thousand dollars a ticket, five percent off of that, that adds up pretty quick. You're saving a chunk of change. So I, yeah, if you're wanting to go, bucks. go. You're trying to do some quick math. There. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, I wasn't. Yeah. Even gonna, I wasn't going to do the quick math. I knew I wouldn't be right. So, but all if you're thinking vodka, about going to that game, vodka. or or if you're like LJ and and you're going to Little Rascals, he he missed some of the football yes. games because he was watching Little Rascals. Yeah. Hit up Tish yeah. Blitz. They're, they're, they're our friends over there and put in the promo code armchair and they want to give us y'all all some seats with a little bit of a discount. Give you a little cash back so you can spend some money on a, on a beer or that. Do you have to really worry about fees sandwich. and stuff like that there? Well, see, or? that's actually the thing. Cause the real annoying thing, if you go on, if you go on StubHub, <laughs> it's going to say $3,000 and you're like, Oh, cool. And then it'll all of a sudden, Oh, with fees, it's actually $3,300. No, 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 yeah. no. At Tix Blitz, we show you a price. And that's what they're going to pay. If I go on there and I find that it's $3,211, when I check out, it's going to be $3,211. It's guaranteed seats, guaranteed emotions. Hit up our boys at Tick Splits. They're good. They're they're trying to help out our listeners. And make sure you put in that promo code armchair. That's if you're going to Super Bowl. Also, if you're going to Super Bowl, could you throw me like a a couple hundred? I mean, if you got that kind of money. One extra ticket. Yeah. A couple hundred. Whatever. Who cares? We'll see what we can do. Let me know how it goes. But Um, I did see. I saw a Patriots fan bought, I think, a hundred and fifty thousand dollar ticket uh, to be on the the fifty yard line as soon as the game ended this weekend. Bought a, a how expensive? One hundred and fifty thousand. Wow. Oh, good. Yeah. God. Wow. It's, it's hey, it's all relative, right? It's his <laughs> hundred fifty thousand is ours hundred fifty. You know. Well, yeah. see, yeah, yeah, I mean, this is probably not someone on my income. Well, unfortunately for that guy, America. he's not going to get to hear Tony Romo. He's going to have to go watch the game in person. I'm going to get to sit on my yeah. couch and listen to the <laughs> GOAT announcer. <laughs> <laughs> for 150000 I could go buy me a 120-inch television set, put it on the wall, and watch it and feel better about it than... I'm gonna have me Man, and have some change. Have me some, uh, and also buy like eighty thousand Campbell soups. So. Yeah, I'd buy a six pack of Oli with that. Maybe a little old Milwaukee. Maybe <laughs> a little Schaefer Light. I'll be ready to roll. Get you a bottle of Malort. Malort. Oh, I I'll tell you what. I'm gonna be doing. I'm gonna be sitting down on my couch watching this game on TV, listening to Tony, and I'm gonna have me maybe some Paradise Provision uh, wings. I'm gonna have uh, something yeah. good to eat. I'm yeah. telling you, that's where I'm going to be. I'm going to be. So, home. Yes, so wait, sir. let me let me ask you boys something. Why shouldn't the JPP podcast? Why should we not be watching the Super Bowl together? What What do we need to do to make that happen? Uh, can you Can Ooh, you call work and get a them big off contribution on to the human fund? Yeah. Well, <laughs> can y'all all Can y'all get to Texas? <laughs> <your kid? laughs> oh, y'all meet in the middle. Uh, little rocks in the middle. It's only what ten no, hours from Chicago. The hell it's not. <laughs> <laughs> make St. Louis. We could go to go to St. Louis. We could talk St. Louis. We could talk right, St. Louis. Right, we'll, we'll see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. All right. Do we want to? Do we want to close out as we always do? We want to close out. We haven't done this in a little while. What we're listening to? I got a little bit. Oh yes, I do yeah, want to do that. Tell. I don't know if. I mean, I can ever. I don't know if Tony's got to do what we're listening to. I know we talked some some good old funk with Tony before, but I don't know if we've ever really done what we're listening to. We actually haven't even used that clip yet. LJ, I'll start off with you. What 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 have you been listening to? Well, I suggested this to you, Kevin, a couple weeks back, and oh, I've still man. been listening to it. There's this playlist on Spotify called Creamy, and uh, I'll, I'll send you some songs about it, Dad. But, like, it is it is one of the most – it's a good playlist. It's about, like, it's really highly produced music. So it's not like you're not going to find a singer-songwriter with an acoustic guitar in there. Um, but it's it's fantastic, highly produced music. Like, it's like uh, what I imagine Hank does or uh, what, what Truth does in the studio when he's coming up with our beats. I mean, it's 
It's really good stuff. So creamy? I would suggest that. I'll okay. send you a few songs, Deb. Yeah, Creamy it, on Spotify. It's pretty dang good. It's creamy. creamy? Creamy. Yeah. Creamy like uh, put it in your coffee. Sounds like a Prince song to me. Okay. You just put it on. It had like some good <laughs> yeah. vibes to it. it. It was good. LJ was right on. He yeah. just sent it to me. He's like, just go listen to it. I didn't ask any questions. I just put it on. It's a very Kevin playlist. It was yeah. good. So yeah. Pops, what about you? What, what have you been listening to? Well, I'm, I'm going to give you two. Uh of course, I, you know I can never That's get one new. from Dad. This was, I ask him to give me the worst sporting memory. He gives me like four. So, I ask him to give me one while we're listening yeah. to. He gives me three. So, Oka sent me a song. Uh, best of the week is probably golf. We just don't mention it. <laughs> it'll be it'll be spring and summer <laughs> soon. Oh, Oka sent me a song the other day that was really was great. Yeah, Oka, and uh, it's Rayleigh Montaigne. Uh, Such a simple thing. Oh man, it's a great song. Okay. You need to check that out, and it'll definitely yeah. be on the website. But what I've really been listening to, I just found an old classic, Tom Petty, Wildflowers. What oh, an album. Movie. What yes. an album. All right. I mean, one of my favorites well, of yeah. all time. All time. Tom Solid Petty's Earth, Wildflowers. Right? Fantastic. Great, great <laughs> album. That's what I've been listening I to. I think we listened to that while we built your, uh, your CD case back I in the old Monroe we House. We listened to that and Rage Against the Machine. And Rage Against the Machine. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Bomb track, baby. <laughs> well, there's a little bit of a... Alternative for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Same thing. Really. All right, Tone. Tom Petty and Rage. Tone, what have you been listening to? You've been listening to some Rage Against the Machines? <laughs> no, well, that's always on my playlist. Hey, yeah. Bulls on Parade. Okay, so, um, <laughs> I, you know, I was watching Saturday Night Live, and and believe it or not, I, I always try to listen to the music groups afterwards that's on Saturday Night Live. And so, Greta Van Fleet was on this weekend. Whoa, there we go. And... Mm-hmm. I had not ever really investigated Greta Van Fleet. I'd heard them. I heard about them, but never really investigated them. I thought, you know, I'm going to check this out. And so uh, I pulled that up on Spotify. Damn, I like this shit. Now, this is good. I think they just this had a recently had a new album came out. Yep. There. It's good. Power rock. You don't hear much. This kind of a yeah. kind of a Led Zeppelin kind yeah. of feel to it. Uh, uh, you know, it's a really, you know, I... I liked it. It's almost like good call. You know, good call. It's uh, I I I like that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to some more Greta Van Fleet. See if I can't find some vinyl out there so I can put that on my my uh, hi fi right. and see if I can. It listen is. To some it's of that. it's interesting you brought them up because I remember when I first heard of Greta Van Fleet, I thought, oh, this this jams. This sounds like like some stuff that LJ and Daddy still listen to. I bet they'd really like it. So I hit up them and they're like, oh yeah, we we've talked about this. We know Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> they. <laughs> Yeah. I thought I was coming through with the scoop, and they're like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, dude, Tony, that outfit that guy had on though, my it's God, crazy. that was that was nuts, man. It was Birkenstocks. Who is Birkenstocks on Saturday Night Live? With some man, kind of plaid pants and little dangly yeah. things on his shirt. Oh, it was well, ugly. So, <laughs> yeah, the guy so, for Greta Van Fleet, or who yeah, the lead yeah. singer. Yeah, the lead singer. We might have to put that video up on our notes. Well, yeah, because yeah. uh, I was looking at it and first, and I was seeing the pictures. I was asking Cindy. It's like, well, wait a minute. Are they like androgynous? Am I looking at girls? <laughs> am I looking at guys? What am I doing here? And then I was like, oh, yeah, they're guys. Because when you listen, he's got that high octave. I thought, I, not I, not that I'm saying anything. But, you know, I was like, man, I'm not sure. But then after listening, it's awesome. It's awesome. You know, it, it is. It, it's it's uh, yeah, it was good stuff. But yeah, that good was a fussy outfit, man. Good God, it was. Well, Scott, got, do you think that might help with like a little bit of nipple chafing? No, good. You know, you maybe that's well. help with the nipple chafing. You put that under maybe a start so. shirt. Maybe that's what <laughs> it was. I get the feeling that one of the one of the two drummers, one of them was having a little nipple chafing because you know oh, they have okay. those kind of 
They had those little silk kind of vests on. I'm sure they were bouncing back and forth. I'm sure something of that was going on. But, uh, but I, I thought the lead singer. Uh, right. like Kevin, you've been to listening to, Kevin. There's no so. clean segue off from nipple chafing. But um, <laughs> I want to go to what I've been listening to. And uh, LJ, you're, you're going to like this one. And LJ put me on this guy way back in the day, and I haven't heard him in a while. But I, I've been playing some old Anthony Hamilton. Some oh, some boy. cornbread fish and collard greens, Fantastic. some Charlene, some best. Oh, I remember him. Yeah. yeah, it's he's yeah. he's kind of R and B. Mama new love. Yeah, he's a little bit R and B, but it's just it's soul. Like it is your soul. Like starts coming out. I mean, yeah. Anthony Hamilton can straight yeah, up Anthony sing. Anthony Hamilton. All right, I'm gonna have to yeah. look into that. He sings like biscuits and gravy, man. Like it's oh, it's what's up. I'm telling you, it's good. Pretty good. <laughs> I want to bring up to you guys, and maybe y'all can watch it, and we can talk about it next week because I really want to bring this up at some point. But it it, it almost doesn't fall on what we're listening to. But it was at the music fest. Have y'all watched any of those fire festival documentaries? No, no I was, but I've heard a lot about the fire. I've festival. heard about Rule. Where Jai at? Where Jai? Where Jai? Just I I don't know how to explain it. I mean, it's a long topic. There's no way I can explain it quick. But basically, these guys went to start a music festival and it was just a total shit show. And all these people showed up to this, what was supposed to be the best festival ever. Yeah. And it just shows spent. Oh, billions. Yeah. And and it just showed how quickly FEMO tents shows how quickly, like all of a sudden something starts going on, on social media. Literally. Actually, all these people bought these like, yeah, these people bought like $25,000 tickets to go like live in these. They thought they were, it said on the the ticket, they get cabanas, luxury cabanas. And it was (laughs) legit. No, no, no shit. A FEMA hurricane tent. And then it rained the night before and the tents were all like wet. And it was just, it's a total shit show. And everyone believed this guy. People paid $25,000 and were starving because they couldn't afford. And then they were trapped. They had no cash for the vending machines. And then, so they all fly to the Bahamas and they get there. And then they had no way to leave the Bahamas because the guys who put it on had no money, no money. So there was no planes leaving. The guys were stuck. You couldn't even get your bag. The bags, they just dropped off all the bags and said, Find it. So people were tackling each other, fi- trying to find their bags. Oh man, it is insane. Did, the documentary did a is insane. Artists show up. No, they all backed out. Okay. And I think the only the only uh, provisions that anybody brought was they snuck bottles of liquor. So all they had to consume were bottles and bottles. And so they show up. <laughs> That's all they. They had. show up. They start so getting like, drunk, and then they realize, hey, where are we staying? And they go, um, your uh, cabanas are over there. First, you come, see that first red serve. cross Y'all go over there. It's insane. Okay. Billy McFarlane lied his ass off. Just. It's on Hulu and Netflix. They're both okay. really good, and we yeah. need to talk about it. I, it okay. We can talk about it next right. week. It's freaking insane. Sounds like but, uh, well, I can't wait. Next week, we're going to talk about who we think is going to win the the cheeseburger dinner at the White House. So yeah, <laughs> we get to go next week. We'll break down who out of the Chiefs and and or out of the Rams and Patriots get to go have uh, all the the two for fives they want. Andy Reid is freaking pissed that he doesn't get to go have all the two for fives he wants. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the motivation he needed, but my home is on a diet. So, you know. <laughs> all right, that'll do it. We got it's a long episode, but it was a, it was a crazy. As Tony said, it was probably awesome. the the a, it was a crazy Sunday. Uh, shit, I'm cutting fun. out everything. Yeah, Tony we'll said. cut out <laughs> cut out all Tony. And, <laughs> it'll be good. Make sure you're checking us out on our website at justpressplaypod.com. We, we put our show notes out there. We throw out some videos and and these show notes will be good. We dropped a lot of a lot of highlights. Yeah, these, these we, we, we might try to find Michael Thomas's butt. We'll show Johnny Hecker freaking out. We might show Greta Van Fleet wearing dangling things. The on worst their losses yeah. in his tassels on their nipples. You, so. <laughs> so keep checking us out. Like us on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Twitter. And uh, 
if you if you don't mind, go go give us a rate and review on iTunes. Go give us on the podcast. Tell us what you think. If, tell us if we suck or if we're any good. Either way, it's fine. We we understand. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> okay. that'll do it. That'll do it. For, we appreciate yeah, that'll do it for this week, Uncle Tony. Appreciate you hopping you. on. Yeah, but if it's oh, negative, yeah, man. F off, pops. It was good. LJ, another good week. Can't Enjoyed wait for the Super Bowl. I'll see you guys next week. It'll be our one year anniversary. What up? Peace out. All right, that was a good one.